Hello, Warner Nation, and welcome to another episode of the AT&WB podcast. I am your host, as always, Chris Taylor, not the Dodger, but the Dodgers look like they're heading to the World Series. I am joined here today with Lana Leopard and Mr. Artemis BB Cat. Again, they're cats. They're not going to do any speaking whatsoever. Although Lana can say hello. She goes, hello, to get our attention. On this episode of the ATNWB podcast, we're going to be talking about a new streaming service that Warner Media has announced, as well as casting news for some DC Extended Universe films, as well as news on upcoming DC television shows, and then we're going to delve into the Warner Animation Group, or as it is known, WAG, and we will discuss their upcoming slate, which they just announced a lot of films for. So let's back up. The head of Warner Brothers, John Stanky, has announced the biggest news possible, that Warner Media will launch a standalone streaming platform in the fourth quarter of 2019, meaning at the end of 2019. Similarly, Disney's Disney Play streaming service will launch probably around August of 2019. Now, Stanky, the Stank Man, as I like to call him, said specifically that what he wants to offer on a combined basis of this service and HBO Now to be compelling. So between this Warner Media streaming service and HBO Now, he wants it all to be compelling. Now, a couple weeks ago, uh, Stanky the Stank Man announced that they weren't going to put as much money in HBO as they were previously intending. And this is most likely the reason why, because they're doing this new streaming service instead. Now, obviously, those new Looney Tunes shorts are more than likely going to be on this service. I assume some DC Extended Universe movies, as well as the Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings Hobbit movies will also be on this service. But again, they already have a couple other streaming services. So I'm sure the service will have some offer as an add-on to their main streaming service, which is HBO Now, or have a plethora of HBO content on it. He said by default, it will be more expensive than HBO, and HBO Now stands alone at 15 bucks a month. As I just said, Warner already has HBO Now and HBO Go, as well as DC Universe, which is a streaming service for all things DC Comics, and even Filmstruck, a streaming service for people who love arty films, cinephiles. Now, AT&T, as you know, owns Warner Brothers, and AT&T, as a cable-slash-internet provider, has a plan where you can watch 30 stations, have 72 hours of playback options, and many things on demand, and you can watch all of this on a device without killing your data plan, as long as you have an unlimited data plan from... AT&T as your either cell phone provider or home internet provider. As far as right now is concerned, though, home internet is unlimited. Hopefully it stays that way through net neutrality. AT&T also has a skinny bundle that's $15 a month called DirecTV Now. As been previously mentioned on this podcast, AT&T also owns DirecTV, AT and DirecTV. 
this podcast was almost called. Not really. The service only has like 2 million subscribers, DirecTV Now. And that's just for the Now service, which is a standalone streaming service that you can watch on anything and gives you live television and just gives you a cable without a cable box. So as I said, DirecTV Now only has 2 million subscribers. This can be compared with Netflix's 125 million worldwide subscribers. HBO has 150 million subscribers. And DirecTV proper has about 20 million subscribers. And Samuel L. Jackson has about 7.5 million Twitter followers. So that's it for the streaming service. On to the DC Extended Universe film slate. Filming for the Flash movie, which I still think will never get made, is going to start in late 2019. So it'll be out in 2021, unless it has a fast, no pun intended, pun fully intended, turnaround for Christmas 2020. And then Birds of Prey movie news, Journey Smollett-Bell will play Black Canary, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead will play Huntress. They join Margot Robbie, who is of course reprising her Suicide Squad role of Harley Quinn. Again, the script is written by Christina Hodson, and Kathy Yan is directing. And then also one of the bigger news stories that broke out, which again, I don't see this as ever happening, but we have to give it the benefit of the doubt. We have to give it its grain of salt. And this is that James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy Marvel fame is heading over to the DC Extended Universe and will be writing and directing Suicide Squad 2, which... If you've ever seen the first Suicide Squad film, it originally had two edits. One edit from the editing team and another edit from the trailer team. The team that was cutting together the trailers then decided to edit. Warner gave them the movie to edit. And in that, the movie became a glorified music video for a classic rock radio station in that all of the songs were these famous classic rock songs, but they didn't have any meaning for the film. While Guardians of the Galaxy had classic 80s rock tunes in it, but that was because the main character, Star-Lord, was given a tape from his mom that was all of her favorite songs. So that soundtrack was kind of justified within the diegetic world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, while the music in Suicide Squad was just kind of there to be like Guardians of the Galaxy, but they totally missed out on what Guardians of the Galaxy was doing. And now I'm not, I don't hate Suicide Squad. I think there is a really, really excellent Will Smith movie strewn together throughout the film. Then there's all of these other things that are just kind of there that I really don't care for, but to each his own, you know? I really enjoy that Will Smith movie that's within Suicide Squad. And on the James Gunn front, there's a lot of controversy because, you know, he directed the two Guardians of the Galaxy films. And he actually filmed the Guardians of the Galaxy ride footage when he was making Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And he came in under budget on Guardians Volume 2. So everyone thought he was obviously a lock-in for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But about a week after he handed in his script 
for Guardians 3. Disney dropped him. And they dropped him because of supposedly these old tweets that he had that we won't get into it, but that's what it is. I honestly think they didn't think that his script was that good. Now, Sean Gunn, his brother, who's in the films, has said that they're still going to be using James Gunn's script for Guardians Volume 3, but I don't know. I just don't know if Guardians 3 is even going to be on the horizon at this point. I could obviously see Taiki Waititi taking over as director for the film. He did something similar with a similar type of humor in Thor Ragnarok, and he seems to understand that type of humor to a certain degree. As James Gunn and Joss Whedon, I always felt like before they were Marvel directors, had a very similar sense of humor. I always thought of Joss Whedon as the main one while James Gunn was kind of like the diet Joss Whedon, although he was able to make these more horror element, these more horrific films like Slither, which is a really great film. And, you know, they both used Nathan Fillion at that time, Nathan Fillion being in Slither and Firefly. So fast forward to both of them getting their own Marvel movies, and it was very exciting. But guess what? Joss Whedon only got two Avengers movies, John Favreau only got two Iron Man movies. It seems that all of these directors only get two of a specific trilogy franchise, and then they give the third one off to someone else. Because guess what? Disney doesn't have to pay that director as much money if it's a new director as opposed to a third-time director on the same exact franchise, on the same exact character, no less. All of these... No one at Marvel gets a trilogy. No one at Marvel gets three movies in a row. The closest you have, obviously, which you're probably screaming at me about right now, is the Russo brothers, who got the last two Captain America movies, and then they got Captain America 2, Winter Soldier, Captain America 3, Civil War, and they got Avengers 3, Infinity War, and they're getting Avengers 4, which is supposedly being called Avengers Forever, which obviously makes sense. But again, that isn't a trilogy. That is two movies of a trilogy and then a third movie that was part of another trilogy. Well, third and fourth movie that were part of another trilogy that Joss Whedon was going to complete. So again, none of this is surprising to me that James Gunn doesn't get the movie. I always thought it was weird, honestly, that they were working with James Gunn in the first place. And I love James Gunn. I've loved him since he was married to Pam from The Office. I saw their movie Lolly Love back in the day. I am a huge James Gunn fan. I think that creatively he wanted to go in a different way than than Disney did, and they saw that Twitter excuse as the perfect opportunity to drop him to save a lot of money. So now here he is over at Warner about to make the Suicide Squad 2 film, which again, Suicide Squad was kind of a ripoff of his franchise back at Disney Marvel. On the TV show front, Jack Bannon has been cast as Alfred Pennyworth in the upcoming epic TV series Pennyworth. The Gotham showrunner is EPing, executive producing this show. The show will also take into account Alfred's time as a British SIS officer, and Ben Aldridge will play Thomas Wayne. Also, two other actors, Ryan Fletcher and Hansley Lloyd Bennett, have been cast as series regulars. Now let's get to the big meat of this episode, which is our discussion about the Warner Animation Group. Did you hear the cats running in the background? That was Mr. Artemis and Lana Leopard. Mr. Artemis chasing Lana Leopard. The Warner Animation Group is setting up a live-action hybrid animation of 
Tom and Jerry, and a full animation version of Scooby-Doo. The director of the new Shaft, Tim Story, is said to direct the Tom and Jerry live-action animated hybrid. And Christopher Columbus, the director of the first two Harry Potter movies, and of course Home Alone, as well as so many other great films, is said to produce the Scooby-Doo movie. They've already mentioned that Tom and Jerry will not talk in this new film, as many fans felt like it was an awful choice in the 90s Tom and Jerry the movie. Also, the animation teams will work hand-in-hand with the production process so they can create seamless films, unlike those crappy, cheap, hybrid, live-action films they've made in the last 20 years, which shoot the live-action and then just send off that live-action footage to an animation house. And then the animation people have to hope that it was shot correctly so they can fit in all of these animated characters. Think like the Yogi Bear movie, or think Marmaduke, or think the first two of those Neil Patrick Harris Smurf films. All of those movies, well, I don't actually know, but all of them seem to kind of just shoot these live actions and then just shove it off, send it off to an animation studio, and then the animation studio hopes that everything falls into place. This will be collaborative, which is good, especially since this means they're doing this for Space Jam 2, as well. Now in March 2016, Warner did announce a shared Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. Dak Shepard and Tony Cervoni were said to be directing the Scooby-Doo movie. I don't know if they're still attached to the current Chris Columbus one that he's said now to produce, but perhaps. Chris Columbus has always been a huge Warner Brothers animation fan and is looking forward to working creatively on Scooby-Doo. Columbus is also working on a Gremlins reboot for Warner Brothers. And then this was something that he, since he was already there at Warner Brothers doing the Gremlins reboot, this is something that he decided that he wanted to do. Kelly Fremen Craig is writing the screenplay from a draft by Jack Donaldson and Derek Elliott, while Matt Lieberman penned the first draft. The other Hanna-Barbera Universe films that have been announced so far are a Jetsons movie written by Matt Lieberman and directed by Sausage Party director Conrad Vernon, as well as a Flintstones film, fully animated, I'm pretty sure, which I don't know how they'll get out of the shadow of that live-action John Goodman film from the 90s that was amazing, and I believe Spielberg produced that. That was a great film. So I don't know how they can top that, but we will see. So, again, we have the whole Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe starting with Scooby-Doo, just called Scooby, followed by the Jetsons and the Flintstones, and then it's going to have an Avengers-like collected film of all of these characters, and that film will be Wacky Races, which is perfect, because Wacky Races is like the original Avengers of putting all of these different characters from one company together in a in a cartoon. Other Warner Brothers and Hanna-Barbera films in the works, maybe, are Wile E. Coyote vs. Acme, with Chris McKay from the Lego Movies producing, and helping it along. And as I previously mentioned, Brian Lynch, writer of Pets and Minions over at Illumination Universal, wrote this project. Actually, a Coyote vs. Acme film was the first project that Brian Lynch ever sold in the room. This was about 20 years ago. He really loved this script. He really wished it got made, but 
Unfortunately, it never did. He's really excited, though, that Warner is going back to try to not take another crack at his original idea. So the Wiley Coyote versus Acme is still very much into consideration. His Coyote versus Acme script, Brian Lynch's, ended with the reveal that Roadrunner was the head of Acme all along, which makes sense as to why all of the Wiley Coyote's Acme products always break down, and then the Roadrunner just laughs and runs away. So we're towards the end of the episode, but real quick, here's the official upcoming slate of Warner Animation Group films. We have Lego Movie, the second part, The Jetsons, a Bone Movie, based off of the comic book, Space Jam 2, The Billion Brick Race, which is a Lego spinoff, Dr. Seuss's The Cat in the Hat, which should be interesting if Warner Animation Group decides to make that, considering that Fox made Horton Hears a Who and Illumination Universal has made the Lorax and now they have the Grinch fully CG animated coming out. And I believe that the widow of Dr. Seuss or the, the Dr. Seuss estate has said that they did not want any more live action versions of Dr. Seuss's characters after the disaster that was Mike Myers's live action Cat in the Hat. While on the flip side, I know that Jim Carrey and Ron Howard's How the Grinch Stole Christmas from the year 2000 was the highest grossing movie of that year domestically in America. So that's pretty impressive. But again, Cat in the Hat unwound all of that. So now we have Dr. Seuss properties at all of the different studios, which is very interesting because I believe that Illumination and Universal were trying to be the premier proprietor of Dr. Seuss CG animated films. But hopefully Warner can get this Cat in the Hat movie made and turn that around a little bit. They also have a Speedy Gonzales movie in the works a movie based on the Beatles mythology called Meet the Beatles. They have another movie called The Ice Dragon, which is based off of a George R. R. Martin book series. And obviously, George R. R. Martin created Game of Thrones, which is on HBO. HBO is owned by Warner Media, so Warner Media is of course going to try to take one of his stories and adapt it into a fully animated feature. Also have a film based off of a children's book about Toto from The Wizard of Oz. I believe it's the story from Toto's perspective. Then also a movie called Super Pets. Again, Coyote vs. Acme, Tom and Jerry, the Flintstones and Wacky Races. So that's it. The previous films that Warner Animation Group have made so far have been the Lego movie, followed by Storks, followed by the Lego Batman movie, then the Lego Ninjago movie, which was the only movie that didn't make them money, and then Smallfoot, which just came out, and has Zendaya as Michi. So you can see that they've been trying to establish a brand for themselves. I mean, Warner Animation Group actually has its own think tank for developing animated CG films. And that is what's known as the Warner Animation Group. And the people within that group are Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who directed the Lego movie, Jean Ricoir, Glenn Ficarra, and Nicholas Stoller. The group is taking on the brain trust idea that Pixar Animation Studios have. So they're trying to kind of copy off of the success of having every producer also a 
writer and idea man and that hopefully is producing quality films the lego movie was very well received as was the lego batman movie i can only hope that these next hanna barbera and looney tunes animated films are well received to a generation of children that honestly did not grow up with the looney tunes and hanna barbera characters so that's the end of this edition of the ATNWB podcast. I have been your host, Chris Taylor. You can find me online at Zeitgeist. That is at Z-E-I-T-C-H-R-I-S-T. Thank you so much. If you want to rate this, I really don't care, but I would like more people to hear this podcast. So please rate it wherever you can rate podcasts. I'd rate it two thumbs up if you can rate it thumbs. I'm not sure. Or five thumbs up if that's the most thumbs that you can give. Anyway, thank you again for listening and tune in next week. The, 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 that's all, folks. Rawr! This has been a full dinosaur production. <laughs>